0: Here's your host, a Gregory Luna.
1: Hello, everybody. This is a Gregory Luna, and of course, you can call me Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Before we begin talking about how being a hoe ain't good for your health, the website is Naturopathic Earth. Go check out all the episodes of Holistic Health News, Confessions of an Obese Child, Katie's Essential Oil Apothecary, and. Dozens and dozens and scores of articles about natural remedies, naturopathic principles, paleo recipes, essential oil recipes, and more. If you like our content, donate to Patreon, our crowdfunding account. Click on the link on the episode notes. Donate money. Please, 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 we need it to continue this fledgling enterprise of awesomeness. Also, you can buy Confessions of an Obese Child, my ebook for $2.99 on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes, and Noble Nook. Currently in the summer, I'm writing my second book, How to Maintain Weight. And if you guys don't know, I'm actually out of country. Now, by the time this is released, I might be back, but I did a little, another maritime trip. If you go back to episode 105, I believe, or maybe it's 120, the benefits of earthing, in other words, putting your feet on the ground and getting all that static electricity out and EMF stuff, I recorded that over in in the maritime provinces of Canada, over on Prince Edward Island. Well, I'm going back yonder with a lady friend, we're going back over there to Newfoundland, a little Iceland, yeah, so I like that area, especially when it's 98 degrees in Texas in June. It's nice to go somewhere cold. That's why I like to do my trips, right? Where it's cold, I'll go warm. Where it's warm, i go cold. I guess everybody's like that. Yeah, so buy that book. It's a good read. It's fun. It's fast, and you'll like it. Use the Amazon links, mostly seen in the recipes. Click on it. Anything you buy within 24 hours from those links on Amazon, we get a 2% commission, no expense to you. Also, click on the ads when you go to the website. It helps us get a buck or two. You don't have to buy anything on those ads. Just click on those ads. All right, let's talk about not being a hoe. So I'm drinking this new Sencha tea that I got on Amazon. It's like a 50 pack for $8. I'm not loving it as much as I love my Rishi brand matcha green tea. Man, that stuff is good. And it's real matcha. You can see like when I open the pack, the pyramidal pack, all this green dust comes out. That's the best tea. I love it. It's like 6 bucks if you want to get on Amazon or get You have to get it. At one of your Richie, Richie grocery stores, but a uh, Rishi brand matcha green tea. And that comes to you from Rishi. No. Uh, so I'm drinking that. Why did I want to talk about this? Because look, we all have daughters. I have two. And we don't want them to be a hoe, right? I mean, look, it's like, I don't think any parent is telling their 12 year old daughter. You get to high school, I want you to have sex with everybody on the football and baseball team. Okay, so look, we we don't want our women, our girls to be hoes. Now, as you get older, you know, I mean we all might exhibit hoe-like behavior. But this study, again, is connecting with something that I think everybody already knows, right? That it's not good for you to sleep around. This is one of the bankrupt messages of the sexual revolution. Now we'll talk about this at the end, but going will be like, "Oh, Gregory, that's that's sex shaming. You should be sex positive." No, just the same way how I don't believe in the body positive movement because in the long run that only hurts people because it perpetuates their obesity. I don't believe in the sex positive movement unless it's in the confines of marriage. Look, if you want to get all crazy in sex. Uh, That's fine. Be married then just delve into all the sex toys and role-playing and you do whatever you want in the confines of marriage. But no, call me a curmudgeon, old man, conservative type. But no, I don't believe it's good for women to have 70 partners. Okay? Call me. Call me. Oh, you're a sexist, Gregory. You're a sexist. Men can have 70 partners, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they can. Look, it's an unfortunate double standard. And you're going to see in the study how it shows that men really, it doesn't really affect them to have a lot of partners. Oh, toxic masculinity, patriarchy rules. Come on. Look. We all know the truth. It's whether or not we look in the mirror and face the truth. New research indicates that having multiple sexual partners leads to an increased risk of becoming addicted to drugs or alcohol, depression, and anxiety. The effect is true for men and women, but more, much more so for women. The study. To investigate the link between sexual partners and substance abuse, depression, and anxiety, researchers from the University of Otago in the Kiwi land, New Zealand, I don't even think that's a Kiwi accent, followed nearly all of the children born in the town of Dunedin, New Zealand between 1972 and 1973. This included just over a 1,000 people. They were tracked and interviewed several times over the years up to the age of 32. The results of the study, which included asking the participants about their sexual partners and their use of drugs and alcohol, were published in February 2013 in the Journals of Archives of Sexual Behavior. That'd be an interesting journal to read, but probably stultifyingly boring. The results... The strongest link between the number of sexual partners of our participant and later drug abuse occurred in the women in this study. Those women who had more than two or three sexual partners while they were between the age of 18 and 20 were at a 10 times greater risk of developing a substance abuse, depression, or anxiety problem by the age of 21. A problem with alcohol or with marijuana was the most common. Well, okay. This is not shocking, but let's repeat this. (laughs) A woman who had more than two or three partners between the ages of 18 and 20, 10 times more likely, okay? Unless you're like, have a boyfriend at 18, I think there are a lot of women who have had at least a minimum of two partners between the ages of 18 and 20, especially the way colleges are now, especially with the hookup apps and social media. I mean, if you even have a modicum of attractiveness, you're probably easily getting at least two sexual partners, given the sexual licentiousness that we live in today. Women with more than two or three partners, while well, between the ages of 21 and 25, saw a sevenfold increase in the risk of developing substance abuse, depression, and anxiety by the age of 26. By the age of 32, the women in the study had more than two or three partners from 26 to 31, increase the risk of having a substance abuse by 18 times, compared to those women with, who had less than two partners. Wow! So just even having three partners between 26 to 31 increases your risk of having a substance abuse, depression, anxiety by 18 times. So that, was that like 70% of women who are single? Because, I mean, three partners in five years? Shoot, I know women who have three partners in one month. And again, this is not women shaming. This is just the state of sexuality in the West. We are debauched. No one uses that word anymore. For the male participants in the study, the risk of substance abuse, depression, anxiety, was also increased with higher numbers of sexual partners, but not nearly as much as it was for the women. For instance, men with multiple sexual partners between the ages of 18 and 20 were just three times more likely to develop drug or alcohol problems and depression and anxiety at age 21, compared to 10 times for women. The results of this study were adjusted to take into account mental illnesses and socioeconomic status and any effect these factors may have on drug and alcohol abuse. The researchers found that the results held up even after controlling for these factors. The implications. The results may not be entirely surprising, but they are important. While the study focused on one town in New Zealand, the results can apply to most people in most places. In the Estados Unidos, according to the CDC, nearly one quarter of women between the ages of 20 and 24 have had two or more sexual partners. One quarter? In those five years have had Two or more such. yeah, I, I two or more. I think you could probably make that number like six or more. Nearly one go six or more. Two or more, I think that's like eighty percent of women who are not married. Shoot, I mean if you listen to that, if that episode we did on infidelity, rates of infidelity, women cheat more in their twenties than men do. So I wouldn't even throw married women, but okay. Let's throw out married women. I think single women It's got to be much more than a quarter. As women tend to underreport. like they even admit it, this number could be higher. You think? This means that a significant portion of the population is at risk for substance abuse. The study's authors had a few possible explanations for the results of the research. The first and most obvious is that the link exists simply because having multiple sexual partners and drug and alcohol use are risky behavior, no doubt. Now, it's like the chicken and the egg, or do you have an alcohol and drug problem because of that? Uh, you know, you lose your inhibition and you're under control of the, of, of the alcohol or drugs, and therefore you're more likely to have sex. You know, it's the chicken and the egg here. But someone who engages in one kind of risky behavior is likely to engage in another. The personality trait behind these behaviors is impulsivity. Someone who is impulsive or acts without thinking is likely to engage in any kind of risky behavior. This goes back to that episode I did on tattoos. It's probably around episode 190. Check that one out. People who have a lot of tattoos, not surprising, have a higher rate of mental health disorders, severe mental health disorders, but definitely depression, anxiety, but certainly it's schizophrenia, uh, bipolar, and have a higher rate of infidelity in marriages, have a higher rate of depression, anxiety. Again, this is not shocking because it's impulsivity. They don't think long-term. And there's a certain amount of stunted growth, I would say, as well, involved in women and men who have a lot of tattoos. But like I mentioned in previous episodes, women who have a lot of tattoos, guys, it's a major red flag. No offense to you women who have it, but if you're honest and look in the mirror, what I'm telling you about substance abuse, mental health disorder, depression, and so forth, uh, you know, you probably, be honest, you probably have some of those things. I could be wrong. Message me on Facebook. Okay, likely engage in any kind of risky behavior. This could help to explain why the results were higher for women. Having multiple partners is more taboo for women, hence it is more of a risky behavior than it is for men. No, 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 no. This has nothing to do with sex shaming. This has to do with our innate wiring, which I'll cover at the end. Another possible explanation suggested by the researchers is that engaging in multiple short-term impersonal relationships may cause psychological damage. Yes, which in turn could lead to substance abuse as a way of self-medicating. Yes, of course. Of course. If you're objectified and used as a piece of meat and you allow yourself to be used as a piece of meat by whoring around, no doubt your self-esteem, if you believe in self-esteem, is going to deteriorate. Because you realize you're just being used for sex. Having multiple relationships that fail may also lead to anxiety about relationships and starting new ones. Another reason to self-medicate with the alcohol, drugs, so forth. Like it also explains the depression, right? Women may be at greater risk in this scenario because they are culturally expected to seek out and be successful in long-term monogamous relationships. For sure, I mean, women are wired to want to get married. Uh, cynically you could say to to get access to the resources of the man who typically makes more money than the woman so to continue her lifestyle and her shopping and all those issues like that whereas men really men are not necessarily wired i mean especially like men that are in in like i would say like alpha type men who are kind of in touch with their masculinity are pretty reluctant to marry especially young because they haven't reached their first full sexual market value until they're about 38 or 40. And again, since in this this is unfortunate because of the sexual revolution, women are putting out all the time. All the time. So there's no inherent need for men to marry. Because in the old days, men had to marry to get sex. All the women were virgins, aside from the prostitutes. But no one would marry the prostitutes. So if you wanted sex you had to get married and so it was like a mutually beneficial thing women would get the man's uh protection security because this this was way before no fault divorce where the woman could just divorce the man for anything and so divorce was very rare and when divorce did happen then the the courts decided to give money to the woman because you know it made sense because the woman didn't work but uh, if the woman stepped out or cheated, she wouldn't get anything. So there were these, and, and plus they were. This was a time when we were still imbued with with religion. So uh, the, at this time, I mean, there were these mutual self-reinforcing impulses that kept people in marriage. Men wanted sex, women wanted security, and so marriage worked. But then with the sexual revolution. And with the liberalization of the courts, this all went out of whack. And that's why we are in the state we are. We're 70% of, of marriages that are occurring in the last 10, 15 years and a divorce. It's not 50%. If you throw out the old people, it's 70%. And this is why you know the destruction of the family and therefore the destruction of, of Western civilization because everything starts with a nuclear family. All right, let's finish up. Great companion episodes for this one would be all the ones about relationships. So, uh, seven reasons to avoid long-term relationships. That was done around Valentine's of 2019. The one on infidelity. uh, The one on uh, suicidal rates among men being 70%. Because we mostly talk about how that has to do with divorce rape. But all these relationship ones are good ones to listen to after you listen to this one. So, look. You feminists might not agree, but the sexual revolution was the worst thing that happened. I wouldn't say the worst, but one of the worst things that happened to us uh, in the 1960s. You you look at that occurring at the same time as the abatement or eclipse of religion. I mean, I think most people can say we live in a post-secular or post-religious world, especially in Europe. I mean, Christianity is essentially dead there. Go to the churches on Sunday. It's a bunch of old ladies and old men. Uh, in America it's it's going that way because you know secularism is easy atheism is easy right compared to being a, a a christian where you have to abide by certain rules that the church has put in place because for 2000 years they realized that hey maybe sleeping around and being debauched is not good for your mental health they they've known this so they're like hey fornication might be not a good idea hey adultery might not be a good idea might destroy people right uh, but atheist agnostics are like, yeah, I'll be my own god, I'm my own pope, I'll decide my own rules. So essentially, they it just, it just they just get mired, and they don't see it as mired, they see it as liberated from religion. But they, see it, they just get mired in hedonism and nihilism, right? Life has no point, life has no meaning, just live it up and just have fun. So with the sexual revolution, what it really did was allowed women to become wired like men, right? Men... That's just the wiring of men. Don't hate the messenger, but we all know this. Men are wired to be wild and single and independent and spread their seed. Women are wired uh, to be the opposite. And again, when society strengthened and lauded and sanctified marriage, this worked out well. But now with the sexual revolution, women are sleeping around like men. And it's not good. It's not good for society. Women, are, you know, you call it a double standard, are the purveyor of morality. They are the reservoir of morality and virtue. And so now when you have that sex no longer being the reservoir of virtue, uh, now both sexes are whoring it up. And that's not good. Now you might be like, well, Gregory, isn't it time for women to whore it up? No. No, I mean, look, men shouldn't be whoring it up either. I mean, honestly, they shouldn't be whoring it up. Nobody should be whoring it up. It's not good for society. These hookup apps, Tinder, all this moral degradation, this moral turpitude, it's not good for society. you having all these out-of-wedlock babies, all this the rise of STDs, 50% of people have STDs. If you've ever had sex with two people, statistically of an STD, 70% of African-American babies are born out of wedlock. White population and Hispanic is about 45, 50%. This is not good. This is not good. But going back to women and this study, it's not surprising. It's not surprising the more people you sleep with, the higher rate of addiction and depression and anxiety because you're just being used. You're being used and you know you're being used. There there is a great old saying, women use sex to get love. Men use love to get sex. Okay, women use sex to get love. Men use love to get sex. So what does this mean? Men use love to get sex. Oh baby, I love you. I love you, baby. Let's have sex. Come on, I love you. Don't you want to show how much you love me? I love you. And so the woman's like, "Oh, he loves me, so I'll put out." And then women use sex to get love, right? Okay. So women know that their main agency, their main tool to snare in a man is their sexuality. Especially if they're young, right? Young and beautiful, right? You got to use that sexual agency. So, again, in the old days when we valued virtue, uh, virtue was much more important. But now women are like, oh, I've gone out on two dates with you or maybe one date or maybe three dates. I need to put out and see if you get ensnared or enticed by my sexuality and therefore you're more likely to love me. And so when you look at that that statement, that phrase, men use love to get sex and, and so forth, um, it doesn't work well for women <laughs> Men, women use sex to get love and they don't understand that most of the time uh, men are not necessarily going to be caught by that. It depends. If it's a beta type, you'll be like, oh my God, I'm very heavy. Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, a lot of it has to do with sexual market value of the people involved. But look, women, the three things, I'll say the four things that men value the most, and if you ask a man who's honest, he'll tell you. Beauty, of course, is the most obvious one, right? Men are just wired. to Look at beauty. Women, too. Women view handsomeness as important. Beauty, youth, right? This is why you don't see any supermodels that are 60 anymore. Everybody who's pimping perfumes at the department store are like Kendall Jenner, uh, Gigi Hadid. I mean, these are all women. Miranda Kerr, when she was younger, these are all women who are in their 20s, right? So it's, we know that, right? Where's Where's uh, Meg Ryan? Where's Lauren Bacall? Where's Kathleen Turner? All these sex si- sirens of the 80s, right? They've passed their pike. They, they've hit the wall. So beauty, youth, and virtue. Virtue. Men are attracted to virtue. Men don't want to be with a woman who's been done over 50 times. They don't. They want to be with women who've had very little partners. Okay, so if you want a, a, to attract a high-quality man, going back to moms and daughters, to teach your daughters to be virtuous, to be modest. I mean, these are two characteristics and qualities we really never talk about or see anymore. Virtue and modesty. Be virtuous. Be modest. Have low sexual partners. And you are more likely... After college, after you get your education, because that's very important. In your mid-20s, to snare a high-quality, high-virtuous, ambitious, hard-working, alpha-male type. Okay, but you see a lot of women who are taught by feminism. Oh, whore it up. Ride the, you know what, carousel in your 20s. And then, and then you know, have a career. You can have it all. You can have it all. And then they get to 30, 32, 33 and they're like, I want to settle down. Well, the alphas at that time don't want a woman who's ridden 100,000 you-know-whats. You know, it's part of the, the hyperbole. But they don't want that. So they're going to go to women who are younger who might have, still have some virtue. But even, all the, you know, the, even the younger girls, because of college now, might not have as much virtue. But you see these women who are still, let's say, averagely attractive in 34, 35, and they think they can get that high-status male. But the high-status male doesn't want the car that it has 200,000 miles on it. It wants the car that has 10,000 miles on it. And then these women are disillusioned when they can't get these high-status alpha, high alpha males. And so then they say, oh, there's no good men around. No, there are good men. But good men want women who have not been riding around on the you-know-what carousel. So this study knows, proves, vindicates what we all know. Women who sleep around a lot higher rates of depression, anxiety, alcohol, pot, all these things. Okay. Chicken chicken of the egg, egg of the chicken, who knows? But we know the studies are there. This just validates what we already know in our internal wiring. So women don't sleep around a lot. Don't sleep around a lot. Women, teach your women, teach your daughters to be virtuous teach them to be modest, give them a good personality, because that's important. That's probably the fourth criteria behind beauty, youth, virtue, and good personality. Men are attracted to good personality. I'd say most men don't care if you make a lot of money or you have seven degrees. These women get like, oh, I got seven PhDs. Men don't care. It's beauty, youth, virtue, personality. They don't really care. So keep your virtue. That's the one thing that you can kind of control. Beauty and youth, you know, you can age well if you don't drink and eat a lot of sugar, keep your weight down. I mean, you can kind of control that. And uh, beauty, well, I mean, you can you can maximize that, accentuate that uh, with, with okay, keeping your weight down and, and and makeup and so forth. But virtue is the one thing you can control. So try to stay virtuous as long as you can. If there are any other reason to avoid depression, anxiety, and, and so forth, and addictions. And connected to that, going back to social media, because women, you, you women I love you to death, but you love social media. We know. We have that, that that episode on it. And I tell my students, the longer you're on social media, the higher rate of eating disorders, body dysmorphia, depression, anxiety. So get off of social media. Limit your social media. Limit your social media. Limit yourself whoring it up. Don't whore it up. Value yourself. Value yourself. And yes, I know it's a double standard, but it is what it is. I'm sorry, but you know it is what it is. All right? just like men who complain who make 30,000 a year even if they're even moderately attractive, oh I can't get a good quality woman. It is what it is. Women are attracted to men who have status and money. It is what it is. So look, both sexes can it, it's it's painful to hear that for both sexes. Women, you need to be virtuous. Men, you need to make money. But I'm just telling you how it is and you know deep down what I'm saying is true. All right, guys. Listen to oh, Listen to all the new Katie's Essential Apothecary episodes that are coming out. we got new Confessions of an Obie's Child episode coming out. Share these uh, podcast stream with other people. Please, please. And as always, hit the subscribe button. It takes you two seconds. It helps me out. And then post reviews for all three podcast streams. Until next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash earth. Buy the confessions of an obese child ebook on Amazon or Barnes & Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember, the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time. Music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.